gates. Well, the Lord bless that reading of his word. I want to think tonight for the short time that we have before we come to prayer on this subject. Intentional Christian living. Intentional Christian living. It's a recurrent theme of my life. I dare say yours too. It's a theme that happens commonly in the Old Testament that the people of God take their eyes off the Lord. We lose focus. We drift. We ebb and flow up and down. And we don't look upward and we don't look forward. And we slip. And it causes us great sadness. It should do. causes us pain. We lose the love, the joy, the peace that we should have. And so from time to time we need to look at the biblical antidote. How do we work against this, this prevailing problem of drifting in the Christian life? Well, let me define first of all, what do we mean by intentional? It means to have a life full of deliberate actions. Actions that have purpose. We do something for a reason. It means having thought through and considered plans. Not just getting up and seeing how you feel and drifting, but having clarity. Today I'm going to do this because. Well, it means evaluating every choice, every decision that we take against clear, godly objectives. Well, if we follow these three definitions, deliberate, purposeful actions, thought through, considered plans, and taking choices in a godly way against godly objectives, we will not drift. What's the opposite? The opposite is to be random, as they say, haphazard, disorganized. I'm told... There's an expression that was coined about 10 years ago in the American rap world. If you know anything about that, I don't. But the term is YOLO. You only live life once. So just go with your feelings. Give it a go. Try something you've never tried before. If it feels good, you go for it. Write your bucket list. Be impulsive. Just go with anything. Try it out. You only live life once. Well, for a believer, that's not true, is it? This isn't our only life. This is just a stepping stone to eternity. This is our worst life. It's better than it would have been, but it's our worst life. Our best life is yet to come. We've got glories and joys that we haven't even conceived yet when our eyes shall see and our ears shall hear all that awaits us. So we're not to be impulsive. The Christian life, the one that's taught in God's word, has a very different method and character. I'd like to mention a few verses. You don't need to turn to these. I think quite a few will be familiar, but I want to focus on one word or a couple of words in each verse that really underline this theme and give us this pattern and model. I was reminded of one today. 
Ezra chapter 7 verse 10. We look through Ezra a year or two ago. This is what it was said of Ezra. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, to do it, to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. The word prepared, it means Ezra had a plan. He set out to establish that God's rule, God's truth, God's ways, God's laws would be what he stood for and taught. It was very deliberate. Ezra, he prepared his heart. He took in the law of God. He meditated on the law of God. And he was going to teach it. Whatever the weather, however he felt, Ezra was preparing his heart, establishing his heart. That was to be his rule and his policy for life. Well, let's think of David in the Psalms. Two familiar verses, I'm sure. He says in Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. We don't want to drift. We don't want to go up and down. If we set the Lord always before our eyes, this is thinking about temptation and sin and the Christian walk, The term there, set, is very interesting. It means to level, to adjust. You used to have an equaliser, didn't you, on a music system. You would balance the sound. I have set. I've set myself geographically. I've set my eyes, my ears to the Lord. And he's always before me. He's straight ahead. And I'm looking to him and because he's at my right hand a figure of speech for strength I won't be moved I won't be shaken I won't be disturbed when troubles come I won't be deflected Psalm 101 verse 3 says something very similar I will set no wicked thing before my eyes see this is the believer very different not just drifting Not up and down, but purposefully setting good things before our eyes and not setting wicked things before the eyes. That literally means I will set, I will appoint, I will place deliberately good things, good friends, good books, the truth of God before my eyes. And anything that's against God, anything that stands For the opposite, I'll take it away. What about Daniel, young man in a wicked city, in a compromised paganistic world, but Daniel purposed within his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat (coughs) nor with the wine. He drank the word purpose there means resolved he girded up his loins he gathered himself together he said i am determined i will not eat the king's unhealthy indulgent luxurious food and i won't take any substance that will bring me under its power 
Alcohol for him, in his position, was a no-no. He was to say, it's not for me, I'm resolved. This is my life. I'm to be a witness, I'm to stand firm in the place where God has sent me. I didn't choose to go there, but that's where he's placed me. Daniel purposed within his heart. He won't be unclean. He won't be sullied by the world. What about Paul? We thought of Ezra, David, Daniel. Now Paul. Paul says this to Timothy 3.10, a well-known verse. Thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, Faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Ah, Paul, teaching a young preacher, Timothy. What will your life be about, Timothy? Well, look at my life. I've learned, I've learned that I need to teach the right things. I've learned that I must be an example before all the people around me. Timothy, you must be the same. I've learned to have a purpose, and literally the word there is intention. I will be intentional in my life. I won't drift. I won't get up at midday when I could get up early and read and pray. I won't spend a day and think, what did I do? I've got an intention. I've got a purpose. The word also means something very interesting. It means the showbread that was put into the temple for all to see. I will have an open, transparent intention and purpose for everybody around me to look upon and see. Timothy, you need to do the same. You're a young man. Let people see what you're about. Let people see your agenda transparently, that you're for the Lord. Well... One more example. These are all men. So let's think of maybe the most famous woman in the Bible that's set up as an example for us to follow. The Proverbs 31 woman, as she's known, but we can apply this to us all tonight. Just look at the words here that describe her attitude. This is a woman that's got a purpose. She's commended... Because this is what she does. Verse 15, she rises. She gets up early while it's still dark. Verse 16, I'm just looking at the verbs. She considers a field. She does a survey. She looks and thinks what could be done. And then she buys it. Verse 17, she girds up her loins. She gathers together all that she has. She gathers her strength she uses her arms, her whole body. This is figurative. She's saying she uses everything she has to achieve her objective. Verse 18, she perceives. Verse 19, she lays her hands to the spindle. She gets to work. Verse 20, she stretches out her hand. Do you see the energy, the drive, the vigor? Verse 21 puts it in the negative. She's not afraid of the snow, no. She's got prepared. She's clothed her family because she was working in the summer, getting up early, clothing them, ready for the winter. She's thinking ahead. Verse 22, she makes her, herself coverings of tapestry. She's prepared herself as well. And so on and so on. 
Do you see these characters, examples the word of God gives us? These aren't people living their best life. These are not people drifting. These are believers held up as examples in God's word. Ezra, David, Daniel, Paul to Timothy and the Proverbs 31 woman and they're there for us to learn from. Well let me finally give you some applications. I think these are quite obvious things in the Christian life to apply this intentional Christian living to. What about our devotional life? By the word devotional, if you don't know that term, we mean when we come aside to be with the Lord on our own, maybe with the family, but maybe with your husband, wife, but when we are quiet before the Lord, it involves praying, reading. Do we just randomly pick a passage? Or do we have a plan, a habit, a routine, a notebook? Do we create a routine? We mustn't be so rigid that if something happens, an emergency, or we can't cope, I always read at such and such a time. No. We deal with the emergencies. We cope with the illness and the needs of the family. But generally, we try to have a pattern, a plan. We find out what's best for us. We have a good routine and we try where we can to stick to it because we're intentional. We have a plan and that's our purpose. Well, what about holy living? Do we have a clear plan? To take wicked things away from our eyes. It was a case of a man that went to his pastor and he had a problem with the things he was looking at. And the pastor said, what's the trigger? What, what sets this in motion? And he said, well, on the way to work, I go past a particular billboard. And the pastor said, well, you must go the further way. You must go the long way round. You must set no wicked thing before your eyes. If that's the trigger, take the trigger away. Well, what about our witness? I was reading of a pastor who learned that he didn't speak to as many people as he intended. He had tracks with him and he always left them in his top pocket. And he'd get home and think, oh, I forgot. I wasn't looking. So he made a covenant with himself that he would hold them in his hand. And as he went to the town and to the market, he would always keep them in his hand. And he found out that he would return home with none left, invariably, because they were front and central in his mind. He had one in hand, ready to greet somebody, ready to follow up a conversation and say, can I give you this? Would you like to read this that's being intentional rather than being random and unprepared what about time the word of god and proverbs 31 by implication speaks about time she gets up early she uses the time she plans for the seasons do we redeem the time <coughs> are we purposeful we only have one life to live for the lord not for self Time is short. How are we redeeming it? This is just a stepping stone to eternity. Have we got fruit for the Lord? Have we got 
labours for him. Surely he'll honour us if we use our time well. And then finally a word of application. What about the means of grace? We call that everything that we do together when we worship, the preaching of God's word, the gathering together for prayer. Oh, do we, do we become intentional? Do we plan our week, our day, our energy, our sleep pattern, so that where we possibly can, we are intentional about the means of grace? They're for us. They're not really for the Lord. Yes, it pleases him. But he's given us the means of grace to be a help, to be the channel through which grace flows to us. Are we intentional? Do we live as purposeful, resolved, transparent, open lives where we have a set agenda, not rigid and inflexible, but where we have clear principles about how we make decisions, what comes first. Sometimes I remember as a parent, particularly when you've got a number of children, you needed to be in three or four places at the same time. What do you do? Well, you make the best decision you can. Maybe you give a different priority each time when you can only be in one place at once. But in the Christian life, we have a pecking order. We try to put the Lord first where we can. And so the Lord will help us if we set out to be intentional, driven, purposeful, resolved. Surely that's the life the Lord wants us to live. And not a drifting, go with the flow, where the river takes me approach to life. Well, let's sing our...